Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Day one. <sighs> Tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in and I wanted to get five. Uh, our five days done, sorry, going into day six now. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks, done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted actually. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. Imagine a timeline of your life, and upon that timeline, there's five or six or seven or maybe... 10 dots and those dots represent huge life experiences now imagine two of those dots are right beside each other next to each other basically touching what you are seeing from zero to let's say 90 years they're practically touching they're happening at the exact same time this is what happened. This circumstance, the situation of the birth of my first child and a three year project to climb the highest mountain in the world were traded off against each other. So my beautiful daughter, Elodie Nell Brown, was born on Easter Sunday, the 4th of April. Her due date was March 23rd. So she was born, uh, she came into the world about 12 days late. Now about three weeks previous to that, me and my partner, Rizelle, we decided to 
kind of cut out a lot of the unknowns and trying to plan and organize and mitigate and have kind of plan b's in place for me to go to everest uh, we decided that we would wait until elodie was born and then we would see uh, assess the situation and see if i could still go um thinking that she would be born hoping she would be born early thinking she would be born you know maybe a little bit late um but uh kind of you know deep down my worst kind of nightmare was that she would go right to uh, the end of her term and then be induced which was uh, 11 days post um due date that's exactly what happened so within that um situation was this unbelievably unfair trade-off that the later this you know extraordinary life experience um the birth of your first child the later that went the less likely this other big life experience okay not nowhere near to the same degree of importance and priority but still something i'd worked really hard to uh, realize prepared for now twice um which is a huge uh, outlay of energy and time and effort and um commitment um they were um that was looking like that was looking less and less and less likely the later she went because um i didn't believe that i could i would be let onto a um an operator's tour so late this situation created this enormous conflict inside me um that i just really uh, struggled to identify clearly and understand it was um it was emotional in terms of they were the um they were the game players these emotions and i just i i couldn't i couldn't understand them i couldn't identify them i couldn't understand them and, and you know and therefore couldn't regulate them in any way so it was a it was a very confusing time kind of um where i was riddled with um guilt negativity kind of apathy i just i couldn't get any shape on what was happening in my mind and um around that the conflict was increased it was augmented it was it was deepened um and uh i just felt that it was an incredibly unfair situation to be trying to manage
finally it was hard it was hard it was it was a it was a hard time and i tried to i tried to hide a lot of that i tried because i because i didn't understand it i tried to um hide it i i didn't know how to talk about it because what would have come out of my mouth would have been um probably false you know i i didn't really know what was going on um so talking about it was not something i felt comfortable doing um and and, and as the time as the uh, kind of um, pregnancy went later and later the kind of more conflict i suppose it it um delivered and then um finally <laughs> after um uh, 11 nights uh post uh judith um we uh we stepped into the hospital and started the induction process and our beautiful daughter came calmly uh into the world on uh five exactly five AM on um on Easter Sunday in Brisbane um uh Brisbane Royal uh women's hospital which was the most incredible thing to witness it was just absolutely um mind-blowing and um not that there was ever i was gonna say and like i was it was a privilege to be there and i was glad i was there but not that that was ever going to be any other way that was my absolute number one priority and i was i was always going to be there and whatever happened after that you know um it didn't really matter if i got to go go to everest or i wasn't accepted onto a trip you know the most important thing um was that i was there for the birth and um and present and not um thinking about um about Mount Everest and about getting there and I, and I really feel I was and it was a it was a, um, a hugely important um, event for uh, me and Rizal and um, yeah one that I will never forget so that was April 4th and originally I was meant to fly on April 3rd um, but I you know we had made this decision not to do anything around the uh, Everest like there was no flights booked there was no um the only thing that I had done was I tried to prepare my um pre-arrival um visa application so I'd gotten that so you know if um I was good to go that was that was there and that wasn't going to eat up more time uh, waiting for that to be um granted so so that was there but I hadn't done anything else like you know hadn't um hadn't really had much discussions with the guiding company I was kind of I didn't want to kind of ask the question like if it's this date say April 4th you know will you accept me because I was afraid of the answer I'd get and I'd rather have kind of taken that um I'd rather have left the decision to an, an in the moment decision you know where they're you know they're 
less likely to reply negatively um hadn't booked flights hadn't um hadn't gotten my insurance hadn't um, needed a pcr test hadn't purchased um, a lot of the gear i need um or sorry not sorry i had, I had all the big stuff but i, I had a, li- a long list of stuff you know that i had um had to um get kind of to refine what you know to add to what i had so there was, there was a this <laughs> there was a load of stuff to do um and then uh, obviously you've got a, a newborn and your partner and you got to take care of them so uh, and I stayed pretty present uh, for a couple of days and then, you know, myself and Roselle uh, discussed the uh, Everest and uh, she was incredibly supportive about it all. And, you know, she felt um, that, you know, um, the opportunity was had arisen and it was given to us and we had, a, you know, our, our baby, uh, LED had arrived into the world healthy and happy and everything had kind of fallen into place there. So uh, why not go for it, even though, you know, I was late and, uh, and that in itself has consequences in terms of um, achieving what I want to achieve in, ter- in terms of summiting because it means less time uh, for me to acclimatize and, and being a bigger guy, you know, um, it takes me a bit more time to acclimatize because you have more mass, which means more oxygen and you need more time to get those kind of red blood cells up. So, um, so there was that, but like you, I couldn't not go at that stage. And then, so there was this whirlwind of, you know, booking flights and, and getting the go ahead from a uh, climbing the seven summits who were, uh, the company I had, um, had been passed on to in Jagged Globe, who I've done all my, uh, well, not three of my five um, summits with for this for the seven summits. Uh, when they pulled the plug on their season, uh, they passed me on to climbing the seven summits and so, climbing the seven summits. And Mike Hamill uh, were just so um, flexible and so kind of um, facilitating in uh, my situation. It kind of helped that I think Mike and his partner Caroline had had a um, had had a very similar situation to me and Roselle where uh, they had um, um, at that point they had had a baby like only four weeks beforehand uh, and obviously Mike is in Nepal here now and I'm trying to catch up with them so so they'd gone through all this so they were they were brilliant and uh, and they were like yeah still good to go and and they were organizing logistics and then I'm um, me and Roselle and and her family were trying to organize all sorts of things my end like um um, like flights, like insurance, like um, PCR tests, like uh, uh, the new extra gear that had to be got, um, all sorts of stuff that um, was this ended up in this kind of whirlwind that accumulated in me sitting in Brisbane Airport on my trolley waiting for my PCR uh, test results to come true. Um, and they eventually dropped into my inbox 45 minutes before the gate closed for my flight. <laughs> and it was really important I got on that flight because if I didn't, I would have had to wait another two days, which would have meant I kind of would have got onto the mountain probably around, I don't know, 11th or 12th, which would have just been, you know, made it even more difficult and probably diminished the chances of me summiting enormously. So. Yeah, that was this absolute um, 
whirlwind where um, I, I was running around Brisbane uh, trying to get a place to do a rapid PCR test and they were saying on their website they did them and then when I got there they didn't do them and I eventually got found a place that would do it in 24 hours um, and that was 1pm on Thursday and I flew at 2.45 on Friday so um, yeah I had no no option but just to go with that uh, and just hope that they got it done in 24 hours because technically the rapid test was 24 hours to 48 hours but they told me that they'd put an urgent flag on it and get it done within 24 hours and in fairness to them they did this company called Four Foresight which were, were brilliant to deal with um, and very responsive to my numerous emails <laughs> pushing them to um expedite my result and like i said eventually it dropped um, and i was i was able to get onto the singapore airlines flight and uh, and that was when i felt fuck me this is this is happening um three years of work and it came down to like uh you know it, the, the last tr it came down to like 45 minutes beforehand that's when i knew oh this is actually happening which <laughs> is which is crazy if you think about it because uh, I, I put so much um, I put so much priority or so much um, energy into my prep and I, I really think the success of something is in the preparation and you know my last three weeks of preparation was really poor because I'd, I'd basically given up I'd, uh, on the expedition happening I just really felt like it was as the days went by, I just felt it was getting the chance of me going were getting less and less, and it was very difficult to very, very, very difficult to keep up um, the focus needed for that last bit of training refinement. Because at that point, the work had been done, like all the real hard slogs, the real tough mental and physical training sessions had been done. That was in the bag, and I was able to continue to get some good quality actual training in even though if the volume was massively diminished um i was still getting some good stuff done i got 60 kilos onto my back and then did some um shorter kind of eight minute intervals on the incline stepper so i got you know i was happy where i was at there but all the other stuff like you know um like my boutique breathing was non-existent i think i did it about twice in that three weeks you know my diet trying to get down to under 100 kilos like that went out the window i was just you know when i'm um in a bad place like when i'm not when i'm struggling with my to regulate my emotions i one of my kind of um outs is um food uh, that's one of my that's where I go and I um, yeah I was just I mean, my diet was terrible I wasn't able to terrible from what it should have been I just wasn't able to stick with um, what it should be what it needed to be to get to that point which I felt was a really important metric and uh, you know I, I failed there absolute failure i think i got to 103 and then i don't i didn't really step on the scales once the diet went out the window i was afraid to step on the scales to be honest with you um i i did i did some intermittent fasting that last three weeks and um, but that wasn't really a healthy way to try and deal with the um the weight loss um so um what else you know my food like pre prepping my food like my supplements and my nutrition for the those that was non-existent that actually ended up happening 
the night before I was flying, um, Rizal's mother, uh, Rinell, uh, was making um, protein bars um, as I was um, packing and uh, repacking my stuff and Rizal was booking flights and it's crazy, crazy stuff. Um, <clears throat> so that was, the, the like I said, something, the food. Um, what else was was didn't happen like most of my mental prep like the stuff that i i would have really liked to do that last three weeks you know uh some the visualization work and the affirmation work that didn't happen um my um morning routine and my mobility practice that went out the drain all this stuff just just completely dropped i just didn't have that you know that find that bit of spark you need to get that done but I, I kept, even though, and I was aware of all this and I was aware that I, it was just, it was an unusual place to be in because I was aware I just didn't have the, the drive or the energy because I, you know, I, I didn't believe that the expedition was really going to happen on some level. But within all that, I, I kept kind of saying to myself that, you know, I still had this, a glimmer of hope, you know, there was still a, a there was still a little bit of hope there within me. Uh, and with that, I, I kept kind of reaffirming to myself, but like you've done the most important thing, you know, you've done what I would quantify as kind of 80 to 85% of the work and maybe even more, maybe 90% of the work is done. You know, I'd done some serious grind, as I said, and um, I just kept telling that to myself. And, and I, I believe that, you know, the you cannot you can't beat hard work like and I, and I had done it and it was in the bag it was in the body it was through the nervous system and um uh, and nobody was going to be able to take that away from you all the other stuff is refinement and it is important they're like one two three percenters and they do help um but if they don't happen i kept saying to myself like it's not the end of the world like it's not the end of the world and and, and sure enough that's right i sit at the moment and one thing that was very noticeable was on the on the second flight um, from Singapore into Kathmandu, I I noticed my brain um, kicking into that focused place that it needs to be. You know, um, I could see, I could witness my thoughts um, starting to think about okay. It's happening, you know, so the, the, re, the, the realization started to happen and my mind started to kick into gear around, okay, here we go. Where's the, the big, big, big challenge coming up? What, where are the challenges within that, you know, and started to prepare mentally around that. And that gave me a lot of confidence because, you know, that I hadn't been in that space. And just to see that coming organically, like that was not... Um, that was not me sitting down doing a focused visualization or focused awareness mapping or doing affirmations. And it was just happening in the background, you know, cause, cause you know, I've done this stuff for so long. Like it just, that, that is a, that's a behavior, um, a kind of, uh, um, automated, I suppose, behavior. So, um, that was, that gave me a huge boost in confidence and, and I got some really, really good stuff out of that, you know, um, that I might go into, I will, I'll actually definitely go into over the next, um, the next few episodes. But for now, I made it to Kathmandu. I'm feeling good. There's still some regrets around that last three weeks, but, you know, that's just the way it worked out. And, and, and you know, 
There's nothing I can do about it now, only, only use that information and maybe learn from it. But it was such a unique and crazy kind of um, crazy situation, like where these two, like I said, these two huge life events were traded off against each other. And it was, it was unbelievably unfair the way I, I like personally, you know, I, I just felt like this is you know, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be the way it is, but it was. And, and I, I just, I didn't deal with it very well and my prep suffered. And, um, but somehow, somehow we found a way at the end to somehow to get it done and found a way to, um, make it happen. And here I am landed in Kathmandu and, and feeling pretty good, you know, apart from, uh, apart from the obvious, like it was, it was incredibly difficult, um, leaving Rizal and leaving Elodie, um, very sad, um, but, um, I honestly wasn't able, wasn't able to sacrifice this. I think I would have, there's something deep propelling me to attempt this attempt. And I think I would have been killing off a little bit of the person I have grown and built over the last number of years. Um, and the short term pain, which I will try and take as much of on board as I can and um, shield them and, and, and from that, um, you know, I will take full responsibility and I will take as much as that as I can. Um, but the shot, that short term pain, um, will be long forgotten when the medium and the long term benefits and the, the rewards that come from this, um, uh, manifest themselves. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of, personal uh, reasonings that I won't really go into um, in a public forum. I'm not hugely comfortable, but just, you know, the last 13, 14 months have been uh, very difficult in, in one realm of my life. Um, and that would be uh, the financial realm, you know, I've got some pretty hard hits. Um, so this, I see this as a, a, a kind of, a, a step in in uh, improving that not a really a direct step because it's a, um it's a big outlay of money um but uh, thankfully i have some great sponsors around that like o'connell's bar is my main sponsor and the brass monkey and personal health and um yeah i'm, I'm incredibly grateful for all, for their help with with um the fees around everest and their support but um yeah, not directly back. You won't get anything from from something like this. But uh, hopefully, you know, the if if I achieve what I want to achieve, maybe um, it will it will help in the medium to long term around that, and you know, continue to uh, build this. I suppose, uh, you know, career. Uh, but I'm very, you know, I'm newly committed to this career, and also I am a I'm an, a novice in this. Uh, area of kind of exploring and adventuring so you know this is an important step in that uh, journey and in that path and um uh, and hopefully um 
yeah I'll, i'm going to i'm i'm steeled i'm um and i'm prepared to give it my best shot so thanks a lot guys for um tuning into the first uh episode of uh season two um this is going to be probably one of the longer episodes um there's quite a bit of context that needed explaining and you know i just did this all in um in one go so i i hope i i kind of i filled in some information and i i, I did a good um and i i did a good uh did it justice in its um complexity and in its um uh craziness maybe is a good word or in its uniqueness um yeah it was a, it was a tough few weeks um but uh, somehow it's all worked out for for the good and um and yeah this year you know if this year um could turn out to be uh, an extraordinary one for for me and my uh, family so yeah yeah so from uh, the ongoing the the kind of i suppose the we're i'm making this up as i go along but this the strategy will be like to do little dispatches you know maybe two or three days apart you know and just fill you in on how things are going and how i'm feeling and um and what i'm going through and what the experience is like and what i'm seeing and smelling and and um touching and tasting and you know uh yeah what what this whole experience is like so uh, and you know keep them nice and kind of i suppose short no real uh epics and uh and then we'll see uh maybe see how this goes and maybe down the line season three will be a longer kind of a bit like um the atlantic row maybe a bit of a longer um in-depth um deep dive into this everest expedition i'm i'm journaling um as i go as well so uh i want to really just kind of capture and document the experience so that'll help with that if it comes about uh that's kind of the the thinking anyway but for now you know thanks for listening and um uh feel like uh, supporting the show you can do that by um uh wherever you're listening to this whatever platform that's on like it subscribe share it with friends and family through your social medias um get as many people following as possible that would really help and um yeah go to the deep roots um on patreon you can support there for the price of a cup of coffee if you feel like it's it's worth it to you um that'd be great um but for now yeah it's good to be back and um and I look forward to uh, sharing uh, the, this journey to the top of the world with you guys. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.